Father God, that is our heart and our cry and our prayer tonight that uh, You would do it again. What we've already heard in the testimonies uh, tonight, Father God, is You've changed and transformed and renovated hearts here tonight. We pray that in the same way You would do it again tonight. There's many of us here that we need You. We acknowledge that. We need You, great God. I need You, Lord. We all do. Truth be told, we all need You, Father God. And tonight we ask that You would speak to our hearts, that You would move in such a way. None of us and all of You, great God, we pray. This is our cry. So Holy Spirit, come and speak to us now, Father, we ask and move in such a way that tonight, maybe just some, maybe just some would walk out of here never the same again. There may even be some right now watching from their lounge room that they'll never be the same again because Your Word is powerful like a double-edged sword and fulfills its purposes. And we pray that You'd do that tonight. So thank You, great God, for speaking to us and open our hearts now for what You wanna say in Jesus' mighty and precious Name. Amen, amen. Feel free to grab a seat. I just wanna say congratulations to those that have already been baptised tonight and just testified to what God's done in and through their life. It's literally amazing, it's incredible. Uh, you know, but it's true, just as I prayed that, that God can change and transform any life. It's true, I believe it from the bottom of my heart because it's, it, we've, we hear it time and time and time again. Uh, lives that have been transformed. And it's true tonight, you too have an opportunity to respond to God in a way that maybe your life this very night will never ever be the same again. And maybe you're sitting here and thinking, oh, I, you know, uh, I, I don't know much about it. Maybe you're listening online, you said, I don't, know, I don't know much about this stuff. It doesn't matter about what you know. When you encounter the Father, your life is never the same again. There is a, I don't know about you, but I sense there is a, a hunger and a thirsting in people's lives for something more. Uh, just recently, very recently, I was working on this message and I'm a massive procrastinator, so it's easy for me to procrastinate. And I was working on this message, I thought, you know, I'll get up and I'll uh, make a cup of tea and get a little bit of food, you know, it's very, it's very important, you know, uh, all of a sudden. And so as I went to do that, I had this weird uh, prompting in my heart uh, go and speak to your neighbour. And I thought, okay, that's kind of weird and, and it'd be a great opportunity. I thought, this surely can't be God because this is just a great opportunity to procrastinate from what I really need to do. But I kind of thought about it a bit more and I just sensed, go and speak to your neighbour. But there was something I thought, oh, why? Like, I don't need to do that uh, right now. Like, you know, I've got to, to work on this message. That's, that's important. But I just felt as I was wrestling with this for a little bit, I felt that for some reason I needed to chat with him and even if God opened up the opportunity to pray for him about maybe some insecurities that were there in his heart. It's a weird thing, I know. And I can't quite explain it, but this is what I felt. And I wrestled with that and I thought, God, what does that look like? How do I do it? You know, and I've got other stuff to do. You've felt like that maybe before. And uh, as I wrestle with that, you know, it's a funny thing because if you're willing to take an inch, it gets so much easier. If you, he, he calls you and when you just take the first step, it gets so much easier. And I thought, okay, I'll see if the car's there at least. And so I look out the window and I thought, you know, if the car's not there, then, you know, I kind of, kind of get out of it. 
And I looked out and sure enough, the car's out. I thought, oh, all right, Lord, I don't feel like I've got time for this. I mean, you, you know, I don't know if I've got time for this, but, but all right. And so I finished making my cup of tea, of course, and I took my cup of tea over, of course. And uh, so I walked over the road with my cup of tea and I just uh, thought, oh, you know, he might not be there or whatever. And I knocked on the door and sure enough, he was just straight there, he was there. And, uh, and so all of a sudden we just, uh, you know, started up a bit of a conversation. I wasn't sure how it was gonna go. But we started up a conversation and we just got chatting a little bit. I just said, oh, I've just seen how uh, you were going. But as we chatted for a little bit, uh, he began to express some of the stuff that's going on in his life. It's interesting, isn't it? Because all of a sudden he began to talk about some of the stuff in his heart. The very prompting I just felt five minutes earlier. And he began to talk about just the, this, this, this desire and hunger for something more. He began to talk about his workplace and just no passion there any longer. He began to talk about other areas in his life and nothing seemed to be satisfying him deep within his soul, deep within his heart. And I said, it's so interesting you should raise this stuff because I know this is gonna sound weird, but I just felt that uh, to come over here and, and, and if you don't mind uh, to pray for you about this very thing. And he's kind of like taken back a little bit and said, oh, sure, if you wanna pray. And I just prayed a simple prayer, but I just prayed for him, just a blessing on his life. And I just prayed that God would reveal himself uh, to him. And, and then I just began to pray for the very thing I felt prompted to pray for, which was, God, would you just break into maybe those insecurities and those areas in his heart that you wanna break into? And as I began to pray, I could hear the weeping and, and God just, just, I suppose, ministering to him in, in that moment. And it was just this powerful moment. And you know what? I was probably there maybe 10 or 15 minutes, but as I walked back home with my cup of tea, maybe I'd finished it by then, but my cup, as I walked back home, I thought, I'm so glad I just did that. I'm so glad I just listened and did that. But it wasn't about the obedience, although that's important. But what, what, it, what it struck a chord in me was this sense, and I'm hearing it all the time, this sense of people searching and longing and desiring to have a deep inner fulfilment in their heart, but nothing seems to satisfy. Nothing satisfies in this world. It's like they're chasing after everything, a better career, more money, uh, you know, the house, more possessions, uh, all this sort of stuff, better relationships, and yet it's just not satisfying. And time and time again, people are winding up just going, well, I, I thought I'd be fulfilled. Actually, we heard a bit of it in the testimonies and particularly I heard there, even in Jordan's story there at the end, just talking about how, uh, you know, just completely unfulfilled deep within her heart. And I don't know about you, but I think this is prevalent, so prevalent in our society and our culture today. And just maybe as you come tonight, just maybe as you listen online, just maybe as you're here tonight, there's something inside of you that says, you know, truth be told, I don't feel totally satisfied deep within my soul. Your heart is longing for something more. Your soul is panting for something more and you're not satisfied and you've looked everywhere and just maybe you come tonight and you say, where do I find this? Where am I gonna find the true inner satisfaction that my heart longs for? And if that's you tonight, the good news is this, Jesus speaks directly into that. Why? Because He loves you. Because He has a plan and a purpose for you. Because He knows what's best for your life. We've already heard it being testified to three times tonight. But He loves you so much. He says to you and He says to me, He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why? Because of the very thing that your heart desires. Why? For they shall be satisfied. And so you come tonight, 
you're listening online right now and something in you says, I need a new life. I need something new. You feel imprisoned, enchained, chained uh, to this this world and, and nothing satisfying. And Jesus says to you, listen to me. Why? Because He loves you. He says, listen, listen. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. The the deep longing in your heart, the only way, I'm telling you, the only way you'll be truly satisfied is in Christ. It's the only way. It's the only way. Nothing else will truly satisfy. Don't get me wrong, you'll have moments of joy, moments of happiness where you get that new toy, you're in that new relationship, you get the promotion at work, you get the the bonus, the extra finances, you thought the investment goes well and you'll have moments where you think this is amazing. It won't last long because this is the world in which we live. It doesn't satisfy. And if you would be willing to open up your heart tonight and, and listen to the words of Christ, as he cries out to you and knocks on the door of your heart and says, would you be willing to open up? You could experience the deep inner satisfaction, the deep satisfaction that your heart longs for. Blessed, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. I wonder tonight, are any of you in a place where you just know deep down that this, there's something not right? There's gotta be something more. There's gotta be something more to this life that I'm living. John Piper says this, your soul, does this resonate with you at all? Your soul is hungry and your heart is thirsty. You feel an insatiable longing for something. You're restless. Almost everywhere you turn, the grass is greener than where you stand. And the great tragedy for some of you is that even though this is the Spirit of God beckoning you to Himself, you turn away again And again, to short run temporary backfiring pleasures of R-rated movies or social media or drugs or alcohol or some new toy. And everything turns to ashes in your hands. The thrill of lust leaves the sediment of guilt and loneliness. The drugs and alcohol can't keep keep you from waking up in the real world again and again with messed up relationships. Social media can be so artificial and fades so quickly. And the new toy is so boring with just, just within a few weeks. And I wonder tonight, I wonder as you listen, there's something in your soul and in your heart that says there's gotta be something more. C.S. Lewis, the great C.S. Lewis says, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. This will never satisfy. And your heavenly Father is knocking, is knocking on the door of your heart saying, open up, open up. I love you so much. I love you so much and I have a plan and a purpose for you. I love what Piper says in that quote before. He says, and this is the Spirit of God beckoning you to Himself. If there's something in you that says there's something not right, there's gotta be something more. This is the Spirit saying, there is something more. There is something more. Come to me. Come to me, all who are heavy laden and and weary. Come to me and I'll give you the true rest that your soul longs for. Come to me. So I wonder, are you hungry? Are you thirsty for the righteousness of God? For some of you, you've never tasted it. For some of you, you've never, this hunger and thirst, you're not too sure, you're just checking it out. But for some of you, you have tasted it and you've, you've grown cold. 
and, and you've gone back to the, what the world offers and you've been, you know, eating at the, at the uh, uh, eating at what, what the world offers and, and it's dissatisfying, completely dissatisfying. But maybe tonight, something in your heart says, oh, I, I, need, I need something more. I, I need something else in my heart. This just isn't working. It isn't working. Um, quite a few years ago now when we fell pregnant with our first child and when we, uh, you know, were pregnant, we decided that we'd go on this overseas trip and we went to the States for, uh, for four weeks and we went to all sorts of different areas in the States, but one place that we did visit was Atlanta and, and we kind of just bought this thing that gave us access to all these sort of, uh, I don't know, tourist attractions that you'd go to maybe in Atlanta. And uh, one of those was the Coca-Cola factory. I don't know if you've ever been there before. I don't know if you think it would be that big a deal. I, I certainly didn't think it was that big a deal, but anyway, we had tickets to it, so we thought oh, we'll go to the Coca-Cola factory. And so it was kind of, it was all right. We go around and it was kind of, I don't know, just, I, don't, I can't even remember what we did there. I suppose looked at Coke, I don't know. Um, but what, we went there. But what happened was as we did this tour and we had like a tour guide that took us around and showed us all this stuff, and the history of Coca-Cola and all that sort of stuff. But then we get to the end. And at the very end, they said, this, this girl said to us, well, now we're, we're right at the last stop of our tour today. And this is a kind of pretty cool stop because uh, at the end here, did you know that, that in different parts throughout the world, there's heaps of different countries that Coca-Cola is obviously in and all sorts of different countries throughout the world. But in not every country is the taste exactly the same. And so there's, there's a slightly different flavour, you know, the Fanta and the Sprite and the, the Coke and all the different flavours. There's a slightly different uh, flavour uh, depending on the country that it's in. And so as we go into this very last room, we're gonna give you a cup and you can try all the different fra- uh, flavours throughout the world. And as we walked in this room, it was just like here are these, uh, you know, just where you push the button to put the, uh, the drink into the cup or whatever. And there were all these different stations you go through with all the different countries on top and you could try them on. There was something like 70 plus different, uh, 70 plus different flavours throughout the world. And so I, I, I just said to my wife, obviously, you know, I am not leaving until I've tried every single one. <laughs> Like, I, I, I've got to do this, right? I mean, and then I can say, I've tried every single flavour in the entire world of Coca-Cola. Like, I can do it. And so we got our cup and I went to work. I got stuck into it. But I was wise and, and maybe at the start, I kind of filled it up a little bit and then, you know, I started drinking, oh man, this is going to be full on. So I, I just took a little bit less and I just started to just tap the button then, get a little bit of it and sip. And I probably got about halfway through and honestly, as much as the, the desire was there to just try every single flavour, my gut was not coping real well. And, and I feel like I have a fairly iron stomach. I mean, uh, you know, give me some chicken that's a couple of weeks old, I'll have a go at it and I've, I haven't spewed. Like, like oh, my wife is just bewildered. She's just got, I can't believe you're eating that. It's fine, I haven't spewed up yet. So I feel like I've got a fairly iron stomach. But by the time I got to about 50 something flavours, I was in a really bad way. I mean, there was a party going on in my stomach of every flavour you could imagine and it was not mixing well. Like it was not mixing well. And uh, I got there and I just thought, I don't think I can have any more. Like, we're gonna have to go. And I was so sick. And for the remainder of that afternoon, we left. And to this day, I can't say I've tried every flavour in the world, but I had a red hot go. And, uh, and so that afternoon, we left. And I was sick. I was so sick. And I said, we gotta get some water. I mean, I've gotta dilute what's going on in this stomach here. Like, I'm in a bad way. And I was so sick. And, but, but don't you see 
than, than in the world today. The world is throwing everything at you. Try it all, have it all, take it all. And we think that true life is about experiencing it all and just having to go at everything. But it's not. We're, we're nibbling and we're, we're eating at the buffet of what culture is throwing at you and we're winding up sick. It's not good. It's not good at all. And we think, and not only is culture throwing this buffet, eat, eat whatever you want and you'll be satisfied. Not only are you not satisfied, it's glorified that this is what life is really about. Just accumulate more. And we are winding up incredibly sick, emotionally unwell, you know, mentally unwell. And most importantly, spiritually sick. We are sick. And what we need is a spiritual breakthrough. What we need is a thirsting and hunger after the righteousness of God so that our hearts can be truly satisfied and that we can actually eat from, uh, you know, eat from the buffet that says, this is good for your soul, good for your life. And I wonder tonight, are any of you saying, I, 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 I'm, I need to hunger and thirst after the righteousness of God because I am dissatisfied deep within my soul. I know I am not right. I know I'm not right. I need something more. I remember a little while ago, and I don't know why, but a little while ago, well, I do know why, it's prompting of God, really, but I just, I just felt like, uh, you know, I just felt like there were so many distractions in my life. And it's a funny thing because we're all busy, aren't we? And we just think, oh, you know, life's busy. I remember being in high school when I, uh, I thought my life was busy in high school, and that was when I literally did nothing, you know. And uh, I thought even then, that my life was busy. And so I was in high school and I thought life was busy, but then I left high school and I started working full time. I thought, okay, it's, it's actually, okay, life can be a little bit more busier when I started working full time and then I worked full time and, and, and I loved working. I, I was probably a little bit of a workaholic actually, so I was a bit busier, but then got married and then we had our first child and, and uh, you know, got involved in ministry and stuff like that and that can be busy. And, and, uh, and I thought, but, but definitely when we had our first child, I thought, oh, okay, this is what busy is, you know? And, and I really understood uh, that my life was not my own when we had our, our first child, but then we had our second and then we had our third and, 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 and life just gets busier and busier. We're always busy. And what happens is we just keep drinking from the well of this world and we just keep being consumed by and engulfed by the things of this world that simply doesn't satisfy, but we're literally busy and engulfed and we're eating from the things of this world that simply doesn't satisfy. And I just got to a point where I said, I'm in the battle of my life spiritually here because I know this isn't good for me and I need to see some changes. And I began to just go through, I'm a very distracted person. Like, like you know, I get distracted so easy. Seven on the Enneagram, I think they're scattered type people. That's me, that's me. I mean, sevens are amazing if you're a seven. You, you guys are legends. Uh, but, uh, uh, but, um, uh, but we're scattered. And so I just knew there was stuff in my life that I needed to cut out so that I wouldn't be distracted with the things that God wants to do in my, my heart and in my life. And so there'd be times at night, I'd be sitting, you know, in the lounge and, and, and you know, I don't get, I don't wake, you know, I used to wake up in the morning and I'd do my devotion and in a quiet time. Now I get woken up by kids and it's just, it, it, you try and go to a, sneak into a back room somewhere and they'll find you. The moment you open that Bible, yeah, there'll be distractions that'll come, you know, and they'll find you. So I don't, I don't it's hard, it's a fight. To, to, to carve out quiet times in your life. And, and, and nighttime for me is this, this extraordinary, uh, uh, precious moment, these couple of hours, hours after the kids have gone to sleep where you can sit and spend quiet time with God and read His Word and pray and seek Him. 
And I just found it's so easy to get distracted even in that. And, and I'm not even big on social media. I kind of hate it in a way, but, uh, but you know, and so, so Facebook would be there. I have the app because I wanted Marketplace and, and I'd just go on, but then video after video would just come up and I was consumed by these videos and an hour goes by and you're watching it and you just go down this rabbit hole of videos. It's just, it's just crazy. And then a couple of hours ago, by, I think, what have I, what have I done with my time? Now I'm tired, I gotta go to bed. And, 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 and I was just distracted by these things. And I just knew I gotta cut some stuff out. So I began to just delete it. Anything that was a distraction, I began to just delete, delete, deleting off apps. Even, even news feeds as you slide across can just, they're just, you know, you know, these businesses, these companies are spending millions, even billions every year working out how they can make their app and their games addictive as possible so that they can make more money. And so I just knew I had to, had to eliminate this stuff out of my life so that I could actually, actually come and spend time with the very one who's gonna satisfy the deepest longings of my heart. And what a blessing, what a blessing. And so as I, I began to discover, as I just cut out all these distractions in my life, just so much stuff, just going through it, going through it. I found myself saying things like, even in the busiest time of my life, saying things like, there'd be a moment where I'd think, oh wow, I, I don't know what to do. I kind of got some spare time in this moment. That never happened. There's always something to do, always something to pull out on your phone. And, and, and yet it's a remarkable thing. And God says, we need a drink from His well. God says, we need to have this desire, this hunger and thirsting after Him because He's the only one that will truly satisfy the deepest hearts of our soul. Jesus said, some people hear the Word of God and a desire for God is awakened in their hearts, but then, as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life. In another place, he said, the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. The pleasures of this life and the desires for other things, these are not evil in themselves. This is John Piper speaking. These are not evil in themselves. These are not vices. These are gifts of God. They are your basic meat and potatoes and coffee and gardening and reading and decorating and traveling and investing and TV watching and internet surfing and shopping and exercising and collecting and talking. And all of them can become deadly substitutes for God. The greatest enemy of hunger for God is not poison, but apple pie. It is not the banquet of the wicked that dulls our appetite for heaven, but it's the endless nibbling at the table of the world. It is not the X-rated video, but the prime time dribble of triviality that we drink in every night. That is a challenge. That is a challenge. So I wonder tonight, is your heart longing for something more? The good news is this, is that God will meet you. He has promised you. If you, if you thirst and hunger after me, I will satisfy your soul. I'll satisfy your soul. So you're wondering, well, how do I do it? What does that look like? You need to starve. You need to starve the areas in your life that are taking up here. As you nibble into the things of this world and eat from the banquet that the world throws at you, you need to starve those things. And so that you have time in your heart and in your life to say, no, I'm gonna pursue God instead. It's the only way. It's the only way. When it's time in our life now, our two kids are a little bit older and, and the battle that we are in to try and get them to eat their dinner now is extraordinary. 
I mean, it's the simplest thing, just eat your food, eat your dinner, and yet it's the battle of our lives, you know, it seems to be. But, but part of it is this, part of the reason they don't wanna eat is because what they do is they can access the pantry for themselves now, they're amazing. And so they get into the pantry all afternoon and we put the things higher and higher, you know, all the very things that are totally unhealthy for them, uh, they get into them, they, they find them and they eat them all afternoon and they snack and they snack on the very things that are unhealthy. And so we put them higher up on the shelves and then they learn how to climb the shelves and they bow all the shelves and they climb the shelves and, and they just eat and they feast all afternoon. And then when it comes to dinner time and we actually have something nutritious for them uh, to eat, they don't wanna eat it. They don't want a bar of it. Why? Because they are full. Don't you see it? Don't you see it? You are filled up with the things of this world and God has no room in your heart. And He wants your heart. And we're so full of the world. And He longs for our heart. It's heartbreaking when the God of this universe wants to give you life and life to the full and we're too full to experience it. He wants you to hunger and thirst after Him and the promise is this, I will fill you. Don't you see it? I will fill the very deepest needs of your soul. Don't you see it? And tonight you have an opportunity to respond to Him. An opportunity to say, God, I need that deep within my heart. John Darby, the great 19th century evangelist wrote, to be hungry is not enough. I must be really starving to know what is in God's heart toward me. When the prodigal son was hungry, he went to feed on the hus. But when he was starving, he turned to his father. Where are the people that are starving after God? We need him in our heart and in our soul. And we will be, until we find him in the deeper parts of our heart, we will be dissatisfied, completely dissatisfied. Father, I sense that you are speaking now and you are calling people out right now. If that's you in this moment, in your heart and in your soul, God wants you to respond to Him. I don't care of your background. I don't care where you are situated with Him. If you wanna respond and say, God, I'm starving after you. You need to stand up on your feet. I'm gonna count to three. And if that's you tonight, you can stand up. One. You want Him in your heart. You know that you're not where you should be. And you say, oh God, I'm starving after you. You can stand up now too. Last and final opportunity to say, oh God, I hunger and thirst after you. Oh God, not just hunger, I'm starving. I need you in my heart. I need you in my life. Last opportunity, if you wanna stand up, three. Now an attitude of prayer, maybe you might just wanna put your palms out in, in front of you. Oh God, you see these people standing here tonight. You see the response and even those that have just stood in their living room right now, oh God. They're surrendering to you in this moment. God, I need you. 
There's some that's for the very first time. There's some that are saying, no, I want this. I've, uh, uh, for whatever reason, I've just been persuaded or pulled away, but I, I'm starving for You, great God. Thank You for the response. In your head and in your heart, you can just pray a simple prayer. Dear God, forgive me for eating at the banquet of this world. I need you. Oh Lord, I want a thirst and hunger for the righteousness of you, great God. So Lord, fill my heart now as you promised to do. I surrender to you. I thirst and hunger for you. Help me with the distractions of this world. Be Lord and Saviour in my life right now and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I surrender to you, oh God. For the rest of you, you can stand up now as we pray and seek you. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you as we stand together now. This, this isn't about who has standed, who hasn't. It's not about that. You know our heart and you know where we're at. And I just sense in this moment, there may be some that have just thought, I, I don't know about this. I'm not sure about this. They're not hungry and they're thirsty. But if you're listening to my words now, God wants you to know something. If you didn't respond tonight, it's okay. If you didn't respond tonight, he's not angry or upset, it's okay. But he wants you to know this. There's gonna come a day when you're gonna be starving deep within your soul. You mightn't be there now, but he wants you to know that day when it comes and you're starving. He says to you, I'll still love you and still accept you. You can come to me and you can cry out and say, oh God, I need you. I'd heard this many years ago about a God that fills the deepest part of my heart. And there'll come a day when you're gonna be starving, you'll cry out to God and He says, I will accept you and I'll hear your prayer. Father, thank You. Thank You that You're the only one that can truly satisfy. Thank You, great God, that from this moment on, there's some that their lives will never be the same again. This isn't about us, it's about You. It's all about You. God, only You can draw us to Yourself, Father. And we thank You that You've done that tonight in people's hearts and people's souls. Father, we wanna worship You because You're so worthy. We wanna thank You for Your goodness, Your love, Your mercy and Your grace. And we thank You, Father, that as we turn to You, You're the only one that can truly satisfy. Why would we not wanna worship You? Why would we not wanna worship You? So great God, we honour You, we praise You and we worship You now. In Jesus' mighty and precious Name, Amen. We're gonna do that now. We're gonna worship our great God. But if there's anything you need to deal with God in your heart in this song, just pray and talk to Him. You don't need someone to intercede for you. You just go straight to Him and say, oh God, oh God, come into my heart. Come into my heart. So pray to Him in this song. Pour out your heart to Him in this song. Let's honour Him.
This is what Isaiah 43 says, um, just as we wrap up. Verse 18, it says, But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make pathways through the wilderness and I'll create rivers in the dry wastelands. This is what I believe God wants to do. As we continue to be a church, as we continue to be a people that surrender and hunger and thirst for God, as we begin to continue to lay down our lives as living sacrifices, I believe we're gonna continue to see one of the greatest movements of the Holy Spirit, not just in Bridgman Downs, but across our nation. I believe this. And why can I say this with confidence? Because it's not by might or strength, but it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you invite the Spirit to come in, the Spirit does the Spirit's work. And so I wanna pray right now. Does that sound good? We're just gonna ask for a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit for those who are online as well. Um, And I wanna encourage you too, for those who are online, if you want prayer, I want you to email prayer at bridgman.org.au because we wanna pray for you as well. We wanna do life with you. So can we just pray? Can we just ask the Holy Spirit just to begin to bring fresh wells of, of the Holy Spirit within us? Is that sound all right? Holy Spirit, we just ask, come and do a greater work. Keep breaking the chains that are within our lives. Lord God, open our eyes to the lies that we're being shown, the lies that we're being taught, Lord. The lies that Satan loves to speak into our lives, Lord. Saying, if you just hold on to this, then you'll be satisfied, Lord. I pray that we push that aside, take hold of You, Lord. Lord God, hear from Your Word, Father. And I believe as we surrender afresh to You and allow now Your Holy Spirit to come, Lord, sweep across this land. Lord, take dry wastelands and bring rivers, Lord. Clear the paths for Your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray that we'll be a church, not out of guilt, but just because of our love for You, just overflow into the communities, Lord. And may we see a great awakening that can only come in the Name of Jesus, Lord God. And so, Father, come. And everyone who loves Jesus said, Amen. Come on, let's just sing this one last time. Does that sound all right? If you need to go, you go. Uh, But we're just gonna sing this part and declare it. But our God is greater than the schemes of Satan. Come on.
years of joining together and doing church. Isn't it amazing to come and do life together and to glorify our great God. Thanks for coming out tonight for all those online. Keep praying and you'll know just the blessing of the Holy Spirit. Make sure you stick around, welcome each other. The Welcomers Connect Lounge is up the back. There's things to do and hang out. So stay around, don't run off. Let's do community. God bless. See you next week. God bless.